Hi, uh, welcome to all of you joining us on another podcast from Ponderings. I'm really blessed to have Steve Upper with us today. And we have been talking about different things happening in the UK, different parts of what we think is happening and developing the church. Um, and uh, we've been talking about some exciting stuff happening at All Nations where Steve is. But I I'm just want to pose him the question now, the shape of things to come. We're, we're in June um sorry july uh 2020 we've been suffering lockdown and covid19 that kind of thing um steve what's what's the shape of things to come what do you think is gonna happen uh, really good to be with you i i would say interestingly i think what we've just been through the last few months are shakings i think when it first happened and we went into lockdown i i got into like leadership mode solve problems get the church online let's do everything we need to do Within two weeks, I've got the Lord saying to me, you're listening to the PM, you're listening to the chief medical, are you listening to me? And this sense of as a follower of Christ, should I be hearing what the Father is saying? And clearly heard the Lord saying, this is a shaking, which isn't new now, but the shaking should lead to the church being awake, giving the Lord her full attention. And that pandemic shaking was very closely followed by the racism issues, yeah. which was another shaking. And then obviously we're, all, we're still in the midst of uh, current potential uh, financial crisis. Uh, there's ongoing racism issues. Places are surging and going back into lockdown. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we haven't got time to do this, but Haggai 2, Hebrews 12 would be the whole piece around shaking. Um, but so what, what does the future look like? Well, I think from a church perspective as a church leader, I think there's lots of perspectives. I, I think, um, well, let me give you a few. One, I think the volatility around our world is going to increase. I think that sense of uncertainty will probably stay with us. I almost feel like saying from here on out, mm. uh, but let's see. Uh, I, it's, it's interesting. I think the world has changed massively in the last 15 years, maybe even in the last 10 People were a lot politer. They didn't take punches at each other in terms of, uh, it, it, now, it just feels, whether it's in politics or in media, it feels like the tensions are really high yeah. uh, for yeah. whatever the reasons might be. That doesn't create for a great society. So that shaking will continue. Jesus actually said it's some of the signs of the times and the end. Mm. Um, that's Matthew 24. So what should we be doing? If you're a follower of Christ, I think you should be fully awake. I personally believe, and this might be controversial, that church that's building-centered, platform-centered, Sunday-centric, uh, isn't the way forward. Uh, do I think there's a place for Sundays? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, will we have platforms? Yes. Pulpits? Yes. Will preaching remain with us? Absolutely. But I think it's going to move away from that to this organic viral growth where we release many, many hundreds and thousands of leaders. And it becomes the very thing that we read about in the book of Acts. I actually don't see it as an either or. I don't see it as do we do Sundays? Do we own a building? Or are we going to go for this new model of which isn't new? But, it, you know, the Lord said to us recently, uh, the new is the old. <laughs> it's it's like we're just rediscovering who we always yeah. were uh, and god always uses personalities he uses people yeah. but i think we have had an overemphasis on church brands and personalities and i think 
if we really do believe this, King Jesus is coming back for a takeover and his personality, his name to be more prominent than the name of a church brand or the name of a particular religious minister, I think is going to be essential in the days ahead. So embracing a humility, going back to the earthy and the, the old, but in a new way, um, is I think a shape of what's coming. Yeah. And if that volatility remains, can churches do what they do if they can't get into their buildings? Right. It, it might open up again and then it closed down again. Yeah. Right now it's a pandemic. Well, what if, and I know this sounds impossible, but what if persecution broke out against the church? Right. What if those traditional churches that have particular views on sexuality or on salvation only through Jesus, if they're orthodox in their Christianity, what if it became really uncomfortable for them to hold those views in our current climate? Can they still be followers of Christ, lead of the people to Christ uh, under those? And, and obviously that's happening in other parts of the world, whether it's in, in Iran or in China, yeah. uh, where it's much tougher to be a Christian than it is in the UK, yeah. but they're thriving in what they're doing. So uh, that probably doesn't sound like good news, but I do believe there is good news. And the good news is I think the church is about to come into her best day. Yeah. It's this yeah. glorious spotless bride, but we're rediscovering ourselves. We've been polluted. Yeah. I, I think we've had a lot of compromise in the church. Uh, I, I think we blend in with the world around us quite easily. I think there's been a lot of sin. So, I mean, who wants to be a Christian when they're pretty much like anybody else <laughs> Uh, and yet, if we can find these humble, servant-hearted, Christ-like people who will love the world around them at their own hurt, I think that's quite attractive. And I, I do believe that's what God's doing on the earth right now and in the UK. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So, so in the midst of, of some of those changes, potentially you talked about moving away, potentially on the emphasis being on the building, the 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 service, the, the preaching, not doing away, but what, how, how, are, how are you thinking things are going to change at all nations and, and in terms of connected churches then? It's a, it's a moving picture. Yeah. Uh, we, we've really clearly heard the Lord saying to us, don't finish uh, a sentence when he hasn't given us the whole sentence. Yeah. Don't finish a paragraph when he's only given us a sentence. I think we've been very good at that uh, as church people. And I think some of the problem has been, We've had such great influence out of all the leadership world into the church yeah. that I think there's some really good things and we've done that, but we are still followers of Christ and he doesn't always give us the whole picture. He yeah. isn't going to tell us everything up front. He actually still says, come, follow me and I'll make you. And there's this sense of where are we going? <laughs> what do I do with my boat? What do I do with my tax collector's booth? And he doesn't answer any of the questions. He says, come. He gives you enough for what you need for the few days ahead of you or a month ahead or a year ahead. So I say all of that, say, I think the Lord is helping us to return to a childlike obedience and faith. Mm. Um, but I think uh, the church I'm currently leading here has been going for about 80 years wow. and uh, great church, great people, great history. Uh, love the people. here. I've been here since 92. So that's a long time. Uh, and yet the Lord is saying to us, there's some things that I'm going to get you to dismantle. Right. And so there's a dismantling taking place. But I think the word dismantle helps me to understand the pieces are important. The pieces are primarily people. Right. So uh, 
uh, and that they're gonna be used in the building of the new, or should I say the planting of the new. So there's a dismantling and there's a planting. We've been on a probably a four month journey, quite intense about looking at all of that and it's still in process. So talk to me in about two months time, I'll have a little bit more clarity. But we do know God is calling us to be a disciple making people and a church planting people. And yet I would probably say most of what our congregation like to do currently, and we do this, yeah. we do a great thing on a Sunday in the building, come in, we've got a good worship team, we'll put on a good series of sermons, uh, tea and coffee, building's comfortable, uh, but it doesn't always outplay into disciple making. Yeah. So in terms of many Christians attend church and never lead anybody to Christ, and they couldn't currently tell you who they're discipling. But yeah. the Great Commission was go make disciples. Yeah, yeah. We, we made it very Sunday-centric. You know, make them morally good people. Make sure they give them money. I actually felt the Lord saying, you've made disciples to the church, not disciples to Christ. Right. So I think that's a big thing that's shifting for us. Uh, and, and one of our reasons is we really do believe that this harvest at the end of the age that Jesus speaks of in Matthew 13, lots of people coming into the kingdom, well, the world is in the best place for that to ever happen. It's, it's, it, it, there's an instability, it's volatile. History even teaches us in those moments is when people turn to Christ. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I don't think the church is currently ready to handle an influx of people coming into the kingdom, but I think a disciple-making, church-planting people will be. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting and you you said to me earlier that you'd been you're a reader of church history i was a history teacher anytime someone talks about history it kind of it piques my interest but you said that you'd had a, a particular experience of looking at church history god had brought stuff back to mind can you are there particular things that struck you in that in that time yeah two two of my heroes one would be john wesley uh, methodism the other one would be, I mean, I've got a lot of heroes. The other one, uh, William Booth, who started the Salvation Army. And the thing that struck me about both of them, it is, they were exceptional leaders. Yeah. But actually, it was exceptional leadership tied into the sovereignty of God in a moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's not just that they were exceptional. Uh, John Wesley, I think when he died, uh, after 50 years of a continuous move of God or revival, um, there were 70 something thousand Methodists in the UK and 55,000 in America, other parts of the world. And they kind of multiplied after his death. Yeah. But it was this willingness to go against the grain. Obviously you probably already know he invested heavily into lay leadership. I, I think that was a huge part of what God was calling him to do. And I think it will be a part of the future. And, and the same with William Booth. By the time William Booth died, I think there were in 55 different countries around the world. Right. I mean, this is 1800s, early 1900s. John, John Wesley in the you know, mid-1700s. And you're thinking, you know, no email, no, no telephones, yeah. uh, no speed of travel. Yeah. And yet, this exception worked well. Nowadays, we celebrate churches because they've got 10 campuses or 20 campuses and and I'm thinking, do you know what these guys did in a move of God when there was complete and utter surrender to what God wanted to achieve? Yeah. I yeah. think there is a mark of humility that has to be there. We can't be wanting to build our thing. So God's looking for partnership. Now, this word is a little bit misunderstood, but I'll use it. 
Uh, I think God's raising apostolic families. Okay. Uh, and by that, I simply mean people, uh, the, the, one of the primary things about the apostolic calling is that they are fathers and they are more interested in the heavenly narrative. What is God saying? What is God doing? Rather than just looking after a small congregation in one place. Nothing wrong with that, but it invites you into a bigger storyline and a bigger narrative. So I, I can see those families beginning to rise in the UK, around the world. Will they make mistakes? Probably. And uh, that's why I think humility is going to be a big piece yeah. with servant leaders. Uh, I heard somebody say many years ago, uh, apostles are uh, first in authority. They'll help lay foundations, but they're least in privilege. And, uh, and I think that's important. You know, we take the lowest place. We look for ways to serve. We intentionally choose to live a simple life. They're all safeguards for what God's about to do. So, yeah. so I think what he did with Wesley, what he did with Booth, he wants to do again. But I don't think he'll do it with just one individual. I think we'll see different streams, different places beginning to rise. In fact, those wildfires of revival, it's yeah. not going to be one geographic location. I think we're going to see it happen almost uh, at the same time in various places. Uh, and, and I would say this, Daniel, as well. I think current for church leaders right now, they've got to fight the pragmatic and they've got to embrace the prophetic. Yeah. The pragmatic tells me these are the things that need to be done. Let's get on with what needs to be done. The prophetic says, Lord, what are you saying? And what would you like me to do? Yeah. I, I'm an activist by nature. I'm pragmatic. And so it takes a lot more kind of uh, intentionality to to pay attention to what God is saying. And I suppose humility God. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't think it's me as a leader going away, hearing God telling everybody else. What I'm realizing is God speaks to us in community. Yeah. There's a safety in that. Yeah. Um, so it's not just I went away, fasted for a day or two or three. Now I'm going to tell you what God told me. I'm really experiencing the shared learning and the shared listening. It's a, it's a great safety net and it's a great way that I think it should always be that way. Act is like that. They, sh they learn together. They develop theology together. Yeah. They make plans together. And I, I think where movements in the past have got it wrong is when they've elevated an individual and then no longer, there's not a shared authority, shared responsibility and a shared learning and accountability amongst each other. That's very interesting. Well, Steve, that's been really helpful. So thank you for joining us. And thank you for those listening um, on this podcast. Do pick up on the others that will be coming online as well. Thank you.